Good morning, Mike Broomhead. And good morning, Jamie, and good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to the show. The president is supposed to speak at 915 about his trip to the border, a planned trip to the border. We are going to carry that live here whenever he decides to speak. We will bring it to you. So make sure you're tuned in or make sure you download that KTAR news app. That's where we're going to start this morning is with the president saying he's going to make a trip to the border. A lot of conversations about what to do at the border. And it's interesting now when we hear about the we start hearing about the expense once again. Um this is a common argument from both sides of the aisle. When there is something happening that people don't like, they jump on the expense and they say, look how expensive this is. When uh, uh, off topic, when the uh, audit happened here in the state of Arizona, look at how much money it's costing the taxpayers. When uh, people were fighting and arguing about the results of the election, look how much money this is costing the taxpayers. What's interesting is what about the four years of people looking into uh, Trump for four years? What about that expense? That, that reaped that we there was nothing that came of that. So my point is that's something that people jump on. So now here in the state of Arizona, scrambling to do anything they can to to salvage the livelihoods of people in border towns, um, the governor, our our former governor Ducey, um, put up shipping containers. Well, now they're coming down. So this is a little bit from a Fox 10 report about this, uh, about uh, the governor's, um, the former governor's wall coming down. Former Governor Doug Ducey passing the torch to Governor Katie Hobbs and with it, the responsibility of protecting Arizona's southern border. In his final hours in office, removal of the shipping containers in the border wall gaps began in Yuma County. The federal government sued Ducey and the state of Arizona back on December 14th, demanding deconstruction of the container wall. So that's what's going to happen. So now it jumps to it. What is it going to cost to take the wall down? It's estimated that the removal project will cost about $75 million. Just an interesting fact. And and the issue here is, of course, the people that don't like it are going to always talk about this. But what about the cost of illegal immigration into this country? This is where the problem for me lies. As I've talked about many times, I am a, a huge immigration advocate. I think changes need to be made so that. We have a better immigration system, but we also understand that you can't have any kind of rules in place if they're not enforceable, and we need border security. There's no doubt. So the president saying that he is going to come to the border. Now, he's going to go to El Paso. That's the same place the vice president went. If you remember, the vice president of the United States was pushed and pushed and pushed every time she spoke in public about when are you going to go to the border because she was charged – by the president of the United States, she was charged with fixing the problem at our southern border and hadn't visited, hadn't done much of anything, um, joked about it when asked at one time, is she going to the border? She laughed and said, not today. So she finally, there was a big publicized event where she was going to go to the border. So she went to El Paso to the uh, port of entry where it's very secure and she gave a speech and did some photo op and then just left and never went back. If that's what the president does, this is going to be a disaster. If the president of the United States does this or if uh, you know that when uh, a lot happens like during like Super Bowl is coming to Arizona, it's going to be here next month. And uh, a lot of times when cities have the Super Bowl or big events, what they do is they clean up the streets when they used to have the Fiesta Bowl at Sun Devil Stadium. Tempe would come in and move the homeless people in the shelters and move them off the streets so that cameras and visitors here didn't see homeless people on the streets. And there's a lot of people that thought that was tacky and thought that was the wrong thing to do, that you were. Were, you know, kind of pushing, you know, along with cleaning the streets, you were getting rid of homeless people. But what they did was they cleaned it up for the photo op. 
They didn't make the problem go away. They made the appearance of it going away because they cleaned up the streets for when the cameras would be in town. If that's what happens here, this is going to be a disaster for the president because the entire country. Now we have Democrat members, uh, Democrat governors. I think Colorado is one of them that says they're going to start shipping illegal immigrants to New York City. We have Democrat mayors and governors complaining. You have the Democrat governor of California and Gavin Newsom talking about the problem and how if Title 42 were to expire, it would cripple the state of California. So this has gotten to be a bigger problem than I think even the White House imagined. And if they don't make a real effort to do something about it and give the appearance of, hey, I've seen this now, we're going to do something, I think this is going to backfire immensely. But until then, again, you can't be the people that say too little, too late. I would say I would respectfully say this. We have been and we've been victims of it. Uh, Maybe not you personally, but people have been victims of this. When someone says, when are you going to do this? You should do this. We've been waiting for this person to do this. You need to do this. If you don't do this, you're in big trouble. And then when you do it, someone says too little, too late. It's a no win situation. So we've been asking for the president to go to the border. Since he took office, we know that his policies have been a a key part of the huge increase we've seen in traffic at the southern border. We all know the statistics on the damage of what's happened at the southern border. And when I say damage, it isn't just on our side of the border. The people that are being brought here by the cartels and the mistreatment and the human trafficking, it is it is something that is a human rights, not even human rights. It's it's just a. it's, it's almost like genocide. They don't care about any of these people. People are dying. People are being enslaved for a, for a country that leads the world. And I think we do when we talk about rights of people and human rights and, and, and we are talking about freedoms and the right to exist and the right to be treated equally. We are seeing people brought to this country that are being trafficked. Some are being forced into the drug trades. Many of the young girls are being forced into the sex trades and they are truly the modern day slaves. And we are a part of this by allowing the cartels to control what happens at the border. If the president goes to take a look at that and address that, you'll hear me talk about it's maybe it's late, but at least he went. And now let's see his commitment to do something. But I'm not going to rip him for going because and say too little too late. Do I think it's too late? Yeah, I do think I think it's late, but I don't think it's ever too late. I think he needs to go. I think he needs to make a real trip. I think he needs to talk with people like the mayor of Yuma. He needs to talk with some of the border sheriffs in Arizona. He needs to talk with the border sheriffs in Texas and needs to talk with some of the people that are being affected by this every day of their lives. uh, Talk to people on both sides of the aisle. Go and listen to people that don't necessarily agree with you politically, but listen to the plight of towns and counties on the border. And see what they're facing every day because of the political decisions that have been made. If he does that, he could turn things around in the minds of many people. Now, again, you know, you know where I stand politically. I'm not a fan of this president or their policies. And uh, right now, you know, I don't know if this is just going to be a photo op. And if it turns out to be that, if he goes down to the border, if he walks around the port of entry doesn't have a meeting or a discussion with people in Border Patrol, or I guess CBP, or ICE, and some of the sheriffs in those counties, I think he's making a big mistake. It's one of the things we all could do is when you have people that are boots on the ground, those are the people you should l- listen to. 
You know, we talk about the problem of homelessness in our community. And if you're going to deal with the problem of homelessness, you should go to the organizations that face it every single day. Go to those people that are facing it every single day, those private organizations, those charitable organizations that face it every day, and talk with them about what the problems are and possible solutions. They're the experts. Whatever their politics is shouldn't matter. And in this case, when you talk to border sheriffs across our southern border, you should be talking to people about what they face every day. What's it like in their emergency rooms? What's it like with their 911 system? What's it like at their food banks? What's happening in, in southern Arizona? You know, one of the one of the C's in Arizona, the five C's is is uh, cattle and the ranchers in southern Arizona tell the horrendous stories of how their property is damaged. And we've heard this over years and years and years. But when does leadership go and have that conversation to try to make it better? And he has an opportunity here. The president has an absolute opportunity here to do that. If he doesn't, then I think he is missing a huge, huge opportunity. And uh, we'll see. I'm anxious to see if the president of the United States takes advantage of this or if this is going to be a photo op like when the vice president went. Because if it is, it's just going to make things worse. If this is going to be a check the box, I'm just going, I am finally going to go so nobody can say you've never gone as president. If that happens, it's going to be a disaster. In a moment, we shift gears. We talk about the bird flu. Who would have ever thought that that would spike prices, but eggs have gone up along with other things. We'll talk about inflation in the American economy coming up here in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for reading here. Christmas through New Year's Day is the lowest week of the year for blood donations. January is the highest blood usage month of the year for patients. So consider making a blood donation on Sunday, January 8th at Vitalant's Saving Arizona Blood Drive. Schedule your appointment now at vitalant.org slash saveaz. That's vitalant.org slash saveaz. So uh, inflation, we know how it's affected so many people and what's been going on. Um, Are we going into a recession next year? The economy is concerning to everyone for different reasons on different levels. We understand that. Um, It is inconvenient to the wealthy, and at times it slows down what you're trying to accomplish. But to the working class in America, uh, little changes make a big difference. When gas prices go up, it's a huge burden. When gas prices go down, it's a huge relief. Um, Small business owners who have trucks on the road. I mean, I'm I'm not reinventing the wheel. Here, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but small business owners, you know, that bottom line of trying to make your nut every month, pay your bills, pay your employees. If you've got trucks on the road, that that fuel is the lifeblood of your business. And when those prices go up. But it's also the price of the essentials that have made it so bad. The Phoenix metro area has been, or we call it the valley, has been number one in inflation last year. And part of it is housing. We still have a housing issue here, which is stabilized, which has kept our housing prices from dropping as dramatically as other places in the country. Um, but now we're seeing in food the bird flu causing egg shortage, spiking prices in Arizona. Now, that that is starting to come down. We are starting to see a stabilization there. So you think about you buying a dozen eggs. And this is where this is the bigger part of the thought process that I make, or at least I try to. You and I may buy a dozen eggs a week. Who knows whatever it is. But all the other things that you eat that have eggs in it. Stop at stop at a drive through. It doesn't matter where it is for a breakfast sandwich or a breakfast burrito or or whatever. 
the restaurant you go to to eat, even for dinner, the desserts you eat. Now, what is the cost to those places when these prices go up so much? How much can they raise their price and still keep your business? These are the times when you see this. Now, I'm not, again, I, I have my political differences that I, I talk about constantly where I disagree with policies of the other side of the aisle and why. This is one of those areas that's not their fault. It's not the fault of the administration. But what it does is it takes all of the other things that are happening that are not good and it makes them worse. Is this the straw that breaks the camel's back? I I don't know the answer to that. Are there restaurants out there that are right on the edge of collapse that this pushes them over the edge? How much does this – if you think you have a – if you have a breakfast restaurant – and if I could open up any restaurant ever, I would open a breakfast place. That would be my ideal breakfast and lunch. That was what I would do. I wouldn't want to compete in the dinner world. And the idea of how many eggs you cook, how many dozen eggs you cook a day. And then you think about this price increase and what it does to the bottom line of those businesses. You know, you've got to balance what you can get the consumer to pay. And there are times when you are not able to, um, you cannot you cannot increase your prices because you know that the market won't bear it. How many people are going to pay that added expense? And it's, it's very concerning. The ex-Fed chair Alan Greenspan sees a U.S. recession as the most likely outcome. The Fed now admits it's plausible pushback against unwarranted easing expectations. Amazon is getting ready to lay off. 18,000 workers. There's also, uh, in the tech industry, we're seeing layoffs. This is Rebecca Jarvis from ABC talking about the layoffs in the tech industry. There's a reason that so far this has mostly impacted the tech industry. These companies supercharged their hiring during the pandemic, envisioning a future where consumers would act the same, spend the same, and want to buy the same stuff, even if they were no longer stuck at home. And that is not the case. So what are the companies? What other companies are joining Amazon in the layoffs? Amazon is one of the largest employers in the country, and they announced overnight that they will cut more than 18,000 jobs. Salesforce also announcing its plans to eliminate 10% of its staff, impacting over 7,000 employees. And they both join a long list of tech companies, including Netflix, Facebook parent Meta, and Lyft, who started laying off employees last year. So is this now the result of the prop up of the pandemic money? What do we see happening going into the new year? And what now? This is Jim Ryan from ABC talking about the jobless numbers for the month of December. In the final week of December, the Labor Department says 204,000 jobless Americans filed their first claims for unemployment benefits. That's 19,000 fewer than the previous week, whose own number was revised downward. The report is a warm up to tomorrow's release of non-farm payroll data that's expected to show a labor market that remains strong. So that will, what will the Fed do? Is that going to now continue? Are they going to continue on? And that's what people believe that the Fed is going to continue raising rates because they're still seeing strong jobs, which means, you know, that the goal is here. We're going to see a slowdown in the economy, slow job, slow down in the job market, which when you look at this is a scary proposition. When you have people like Alan Greenspan saying we're heading toward a recession and, you know, the, the politics of things go out the window when you start picturing real people with real issues. You've had families that have been put Putting um, necessities on credit cards in order to keep their heads above water. And the one saving grace was they were able to find a second job or a, whatever that side hustle is to make ends meet. When those things start drying up, what is that going to do to the working class in America?
It, you know, the, the politicians on both sides of the aisle talk about the working class. They always do. It's the easiest thing, the middle class or the working class, whoever it is, they're there for you. But we also understand that bad decisions and when bad things happen mixed in with bad decisions, that's who it affects. Those are the people that are most affected. They're affected first. They're affected longest. And the questions remain, what is it exactly we are going to do to fix that issue? We have new taxes coming into small businesses and large businesses. There is a bunch of new taxes that are starting up right now. And I asked this question yesterday, and it's worth, it's worth asking again. If the federal government is going after private industry and saying the oil companies and the food producers should lower their prices because of price gouging, we are even talking about pieces of legislation that would tax their profits after a certain level because of price gouging. How does the federal government look at the fact that they are taking more money in every single month at the United States Treasury and is still increasing taxes? That's raising prices at a time when you have record revenue, at a time when the American people are hurting. These are the questions that I ask about policy. In a moment, Gatos is going to join me. It's our big Q poll question of the day. We'll get to it here in just a moment. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. How about the president going to the border? Yeah, I was talking about it this morning already. I don't know if I buy it yet. Don't you think he's just going to fly over it, look, and check the box and that's, say, see it? See, I, that's, what I, saw I, it. that's what I talked about. If he does yeah. what Kamala Harris did, what the vice yeah. president did, go down there, photo op, give a little speech, never go back, then it's going to – I think it gets worse for the president. But if he goes down there, if he has a meeting with CBP or ICE or he goes and talks to border sheriffs or he talks to people that are involved and gets a real look at what people are complaining about, it might yeah. be different. Yeah, I, I want to see him – You know. Actually, land a plane and look around, or go to a church, or go to a nonprofit and, and yeah. see, you know, what's what what it's doing to these small towns or you know these border towns. And we had the you know the mayor of Yuma yesterday, and uh, he spoke to Hobbs and said he thinks there's some common ground there, so that's good. But uh, you know, here's my cue: uh, President Biden's finally, finally, finally uh, going to visit the southern border. Do you think he's done a 180? And it's taking the crisis more seriously now. Yes or no? Uh, I'm going no. I think that he's traveling. Wow, 92% say no right now. Mike. Right. I agree. Uh, yeah, I no, I don't think he is. I think he likes that everybody's coming in. I think that's what he wanted. Uh, he wanted to do the, I mean, he really wanted to do the opposite of Trump. Trump didn't want to let anybody in. Biden wanted to let everyone in. And it's like, can we find a little bit somewhere in the middle there? Uh, you know, I, I want to see if we change our asylum laws. I think that's important. I think that it's a loophole now uh, that, you know, people are abusing. But, you know, we, we should be letting some folks in, but we can't let every. And it's, it's the way we're doing it when they're abusing the asylum system instead of using the visa system. That's a big problem as right. well. And um, it's a great question. I mean, I like the question as always, and uh, I hope people answer it. it we'll hear uh, Biden at what? 915. 915. Well, I'll be listening and I'm, I'm not expecting much, to be honest. <laughs> Thanks, Kato. All right. <laughs> That's Gatos. Your big Q poll question today is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Go to KTAR.com. You can answer and see how other people voted. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, we are going to talk about no Speaker of the House yet. There still is no Speaker after six votes over three days. What happens next? Are there other people that will be nominated? And who is going to win? We'll talk about that coming up in the next segment.